Yeah, and I'm pretty sure when we go live, I mean, I mean, who really watches the first two minutes, anyways, right? It's just yeah, right. Although somebody's <laughs> gonna see this and they're gonna think like that we don't know that the that we're live. We don't know our audience well, on. Now's <laughs> the time for all the racist comments that are gonna come out when we both run for president, <laughs> which apparently was, doesn't, which does apparently doesn't fucking matter anymore these days. Oh, by the way, we've been live for 20 seconds. Oh, son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> No, it's a it's, it's a gin and tonic. It's funny. I haven't drank gin and tonics in like twenty years. No joke. And a buddy of mine came out from L.A. Um, and uh, we were out on the boat one day, and he brought me. He's a gin guy, so he brought me a bottle of Aviation Gin, which is uh, Ryan Reynolds' company. Right, right. It sells for like twenty three dollars a bottle, and it's really fucking good gin. So ever ever since he came out a couple months ago. Uh, I've been drinking gin and tonics again, so go figure. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's like so cool. And well, no, it, and has, have, it hasn't been a hard day, other than the fact that I've been ripping the deck off of my roof uh, by hand. So, um, and I find it really interesting how movie people now are like, you know, I, I've got enough money now. I'm just going to start my own booths. Oh my god! Well, dude, it's like it's the age-old product. Booze and sex sell themselves. You don't need to advertise, right? right. Uh, Clooney and um, what's his yeah, name? Yeah, they're doing tequila, right? They already sold it. They, yeah, yeah. They, Casamigos uh, came to market, and if I'm not correct, uh, I'm sorry. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I'm really correct. I'm if not I'm not correct. mistaken, that they reached a million cases sold in record time in the in the booze industry and then now obviously Dwayne Johnson does Terramana tequila right, um, right. and uh, Ryan Reynolds so yeah it's like I mean it's a it's a freaking no brainer I mean it's fucking booze <laughs> <laughs> but I think with, with COVID keeping everybody in mm -hmm. um, and yep. <clears throat> you know that whole thing definitely kind of lends to it as well yeah, um, yeah. you know I, I don't know it, it's weird it's like I've been um, I've been watching um, I've been watching a lot of Hulu and enjoying um, enjoying I don't know it's like um, him and the guy from uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia bought him and Ryan Reynolds bought a soccer team. Oh yeah, that's right. I heard about that. And it's a documentary now. And yeah, it's, it, it's it's nutters. It's nutters. Yeah, you know. It's really, and, uh... It's, it's really just, amazing. Um, and I love the honesty of it. I love the transparency. Mm -hmm. I love the angst and the drama. Well, and I imagine, I imagine, you know, that it, it's, it's kind of like us trying to figure out, you know, that passive income stream. I imagine for an actor, it's like, oh, I'll start this company. I'll find some people to run it and I'll put my name on it and put out a good product and just let right. it do its thing rather than, you know, not that, uh, you know, as an actor, I wouldn't complain getting paid $20 million to, you know, to shoot a movie for six months. But again, you're trading time for money, you know? Um, so I imagine for them that it's just kind of that passive income um, that they desperately need. <laughs> <laughs> I was really worried for Ryan Reynolds, actually, after <laughs> after the smash hit of Deadpool. Um, that he's not doing well. So I'm glad he's got uh, so his true. gin. So yeah. true. I mean, because I'm sure he's starving. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh my God. Speaking of total segue, but speaking of, um, Hey, three miles down, how are you? We are actually aware that we are live. We're just trying something new. So, um, uh, last thing. And then we should probably hit the, uh, last thing I'm thinking that last thing just happened. Oh my god, that's awesome! I really hope everyone got to skip the uh, those stupid fucking Twitch commercials. I can't believe you <laughs> cut me off to start the actual show, you bastard! <laughs> you old man, hey, hey listen, here on the west side of Waterdeep, we don't tolerate that shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome to episode thirty-four of uh, what are we? Lovely chaotic. <laughs> and, and our in our in our. Uh, our, our uh, keep us in orders not here today. Yes, so. Sharon. Yeah, it's going to be a wild night because Sharon's not here to uh, exactly to keep us in order. To reel us in. Yeah, uh, she had um, she had uh, things going on. Um, now she had other plans, so she couldn't make it tonight. Um, she but she will be back coming up this weekend. So I think Is she's she? prepping for her birthday trip. No ref tonight. Yeah, exactly. pretty much. No <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Dorito Bison, thank you for following us. By the way, I did see that. I appreciate. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, but no, we don't have a ref tonight, so it's going to be wacky wild show. Um, oh, hey, what's up, Andrew? Okay, awesome. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm in love with that handle. Dorito Robbins, Dorito Bison. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I like I'm, that. I am. Um, I'm. Uh, it's been stolen. I've stolen it. I like. I'm it. gonna well, make, Andrew, a, thanks, I'm gonna make a narrative it. player character called Dorito Bison. Jordan won't be here. He's on his honeymoon. Oh well, that's a shitty excuse. If he was really a fan, he would be here and he would put his honeymoon on hold. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a mobile phone. <laughs> Does it have a mobile phone? <laughs> Halo One, wow, impressive. Gamer tags since Halo One, that's awesome. I got I you like beat. Um, one cell is my gamer tag since EverQuest. Well, you're old as fuck. I am old as. Fuck. Although I shouldn't be saying that because I'm only <laughs> like a year less old as fuck. Actually, no. Am I older than fuck than you? Uh, I don't know. Humanity's been fucking for a long time. <laughs> 
Uh, how else do you explain? How else do you explain? This is already off the rails. Anyway, how do you explain eight billion people? <laughs> I just think I should put. <laughs> Fucking love it. Thank you, brother. <laughs> oh my so, god. <laughs> <are> we <laughs> oh my god. All right. We this is why we brought Sharon on because yeah, already. Because anyway, welcome yeah. episode 34. Tonight we are going to be talking about um the this is a a timeless problem that DMs and players have had since pretty much day 1 is scheduling conflicts. When do we play? I can't play and and you know, you you schedule a game, and then somebody has, something comes up. Somebody has to drop out. Obviously, life happens, but especially in uh, in today's D and D world, um, where there is a lot of remote play, there's a lot more playing going on. There are a lot more time zones. Um, it is, uh, I would venture to say, a more common problem. So we'll be talking about that tonight. Um, before we do, Jason. Uh, do you have any announcements? No. So I've decided that capping myself at nine tables is the appropriate cap. I've got four tables that are concluding their campaign. So I'm having four campaign conclusions over the next two to four weeks. Wow. Um, three of which have already agreed to reboot into new campaigns. Nice. Uh, the fourth one, I think, is still a conversation. Okay. Um, and we will be standing up a studio game for Tuesday nights. Um, we've got two players so far, uh, Callista and Ivar, who are my you know, number one mm -hmm. live players. They, Ivar looked at me and was like, okay, Tuesday night, buddy, let's go. Um, and we are going to do the second spark. Uh, we are going to do low fantasy, and it's going to be year one of Calamity. So it's going to be the very first year after calamity the divine so gate so it's basically sealed. D D D means walking dead yeah, well <laughs> walking around like what the fuck happened man <laughs> well it's you know the the divine gate is sealed uh -huh. magic is wild and shamanistic and the natural world are beginning to take over and That's very cool it, so you're gonna running be, a lot of games in uh, in critical role territory these days. It sounds like I like Exandria's world. I know a lot of people have complained that it's a bit Forgotten Realmsy, and I'm like, okay, well, I like Forgotten Realms too. I don't know what to tell you. So, you know, it's, let me ask you a question: mm -hmm. Is do people? I'm actually asking. I don't know. Do people yeah. bag on Forgotten Realms like to a to the nth degree or something? What well, I love Forgotten well, Realms. You got to remember, Forgotten Realms is one of the few generational. Well, I would say World of Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms are the two most generational yeah. playing environments. Like multiple generations have now, from you Is know, it, from Baby Boomer to X Gen to you know to Zennial to Zumi to all the different generations that are now playing in these worlds. Um, whereas Exandria is specific to a generation, like it's a generation. Oh, I totally discovery. understand that. I, I understand wanting to try something new, but I, I don't understand I think the, the mistake, hate for Forgotten Realms. Yeah, I, I think the mistake with Forgotten Realms is that there's too much lore. There's so much heavy lore in yeah. Forgotten Realms. It doesn't quite feel like an open world anymore. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And and you know, and that's a good point because I have so this homebrew that I am writing. Um 
I don't have the time to develop an entire world right now. So I'm in, I am building on top of Forgotten Realms, but that's a good point you bring up because really when it comes down to it, I'm just kind of using the map and I'm kind of yeah. using Waterdeep, Baldur's Gate. It's a fun you know. structure. I love the structure. I'm, I, I am completely cool. rewriting my uh, my my uh, you know mythos of deities and <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> hey, I like Kryn. I do, do too. Like I'm looking forward to that, Gary. Um, I'm looking forward to Critten coming back because I want to look at it through new mature eyes. Like I want to yeah. look at it from when I fell in love with it through the book series um, and what it means to me now to make it as a playable world and whether or not mm. the lore, like for me, I'm going to play the lore post Takesis, post, you know, the whole genre of the book series. It's all mm -hmm. going to be post after it. So I'm going to take the world and everything else is going to be legendary. And then it's going to be a world that people just get to explore for the sake of it being a new world that Kryn should be. Yeah. Um, so I do plan on hopefully standing up a couple campaigns when Kryn does come out, because I am looking forward to that for sure. I do think it's a very rich lore. It's a very rich culture. Um, I've always really enjoyed the idea of the, um, uh, dr uh, draconian race mm -hmm. and what and 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 they're back and forth with their dragon heritage i've always found that to be uh, super interesting yeah that too i mean i There's just i just too. used yeah. water deep because i was lazy <laughs> but you're right um i love the idea of water deep i also use baldur's gate heavily um and i and i like the map i like the map of the sword coast um it's a fun map it, it, it yeah I mean, let's face it, it's California in the year 12. Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we all know that I love California. It's the well, should, well, to be set fair, it's the West Coast in the year 12. Yeah, no, you're right. It is. It is. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Something about, was it Dragonlance or? Could be. I kind of want to, you know, this is completely off topic. Because Barrybot's not here, so it makes sense. I know. <laughs> We're probably going to um, go until mid midnight. Uh, so, snow tires. What do you think about Michelin versus <laughs> um, Bridgestone? Because I'm really... They're, they're, back in my day, we we, we, we used Bridgestones. We didn't use no internet Michelins. Um, yeah, kind of. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I, I do the same thing. I, I kind of use it because it's there and it's already set up. Um, and I make what adjustments I need, but... Uh, no, I kind of, I've, I've had as much as I'm loving, you know, content development stuff lately and, and, and running the games and writing this homebrew, which I expect to publish at some point. Um, you know, I've said it before, I'm running a couple groups through this homebrew and I have the overarching um, uh, storyline. I found this on the web. But I, <laughs> Jesus, fucking useless, you know. When I, uh, I, I have the overarching storyline, but I don't have each chapter and plot written out, and I'm utilizing them playing as a way to help me write it, which is really kind of cool. It's been working out really well, and yeah. it's informed a lot of my writing, um, very, very surprisingly. So I'm, I'm really enjoying it, but I don't know. I'm missing I, – I, I always come back – one of my favorite games is Torg. You know, I'm, I always mm. come back to that kind of – you know, nexus of of zeitgeists that it's just like it's everything thrown in. It's this, it's this um, 
you know, uh, this noir, this overall kind of noir feeling with fantasy and, and, you know, space lasers and, you know, the undead and the Cthulhu and, and all that shit um, thrown in there. I, I would really like to do a world based on that within the 5e rules. I'm going to have to put that on. Well, the that was the whole... Um... Uh, point of my campaign I ran called Descendants. Oh my god. When I, I. yeah, right. <laughs> uh, when I put when I when we played the Descendants, it was a steampunk theme. Um wasn't know, with, that uh the alien ship crashing uh that was um oh fuck what was the name of that are you talking about Journey to Witch Mountain or whatever that was? The same philosophy theme. No, 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 no. The uh, the old school D and D module with the. Yeah, alien. no, I I know which I can't think of the name right now, but I know which one he's talking about. It not actually. I want to keep saying Keep on the Borderlands, but it's not. It no, was something like Oh, Expedition to the Barrier Peaks. Was yeah. that it? Yeah, I think that's the one. It was. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, that was it. Barrier Peaks. Thank you. Um, so with that in mind, with that in mind, should we actually chatter? Yeah, we should have to <laughs> talk about our topic. So Sharon wrote us some notes. Um, so which D &D is good schedules because, and conflicts. Yes, um, she did a great job, and I actually shared them in Discord, hoping that the, it could be a tool and a way for people to refer to the material later on. But find the right group, keep it consistent, be flexible. Yeah, right. So. It's actually a good topic for me right now because we're in the um, – <laughs> it's just like a D&D group not to stay on schedule. Um, <laughs> you know, That's never season, happened to me before. The fall season's rough. You've got Halloween. You've got Thanksgiving. You've got Christmas. You've got New Year's. You've got travel Basically plans. Basically, fucked until January 2nd. And then January – Kind of. I mean, you just got to be super flexible to, to Barry's point. Um, yeah. You know, I will start by saying I have advantages on the find the right group, right? I have my seniority in the game. Yeah. Um, I'm a professional DM that people spend money to be in my game. So finding the right group for me has not been a significant challenge. But I would imagine for newer players and newer storytellers, it could be. Um, and there's a couple things on here that she did. Like, I'll be honest with you. It, it didn't. It I do a lot of agile team development as my professional career. And I use this all the time, this trick all the time for what we call breadcrumbing to bring people back into conversation. Um, using, using Survey Monkey is the boss, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you asshole. But yeah, like, <laughs> I would no, Survey, Survey Monkey is a great. Yeah, it's, it's a great, a great tool. startup tool and like yeah, a, legit. a great way to reach out to a potential group and on a daily basis, so just kind of like. So I don't think uh, I. My issue is not so much finding the right group. We've talked about that before. I think it is. Well, I, I don't want to steer this away from that. If you're going that direction. Well, but, we to can, a certain we but, but, but for, from a certain perspective, what she starts the list off with is it's best to start your first group uh, off with the close friends mm -hmm. and similar schedules. And she's right. Like if you have a if you have a close group of friends or family and you all share a schedule that feels compatible, 
Yeah. It's a good starting point. It really is yeah. a good starting point. So let me throw this out there. And this is the reason that I suggested this to Sharon as a topic um, right now. And because I'd like your input, because I'm not actually sure how to deal with this. So I have my, my Wednesday game, um, which has been going on for like two years. We've been playing through uh, the Dragon series. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I've been not drawing it out for just for the sake of drawing it out, but I like realism. And, you know, there was, I think I mentioned this, there's like that 40 day journey between Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep. And we played almost every fucking day of that 40 yeah, days. Yeah, we were talking about the journey immersion. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but, so the game has been going on and they've been, they've been really, my players have been, have been really, you know, invested in it. Um, on, uh, <clears throat> we set up a second campaign for the odd time that one or two people can't play. One of the guys had a baby recently, so he, you know, he said, "Hey, I'm not going to be able to do every week. I'll do every other week." So we set up a, an alternate campaign for the rest of the group for every other week, and it was going great. And just over the past few months, and I don't fault anybody. I'm not, you know, I'm not sour over it. But people have life shit going on, right? So one of the guys, like I said, he's got a newborn. One of the guys uh, had some changes at work. Actually, two of the guys had some changes at work. So what I find myself in, and this is a really tight group, um, and we have we we did we tried adding a person last year, and it went completely south to the point we had to kick him out and kill his character. Okay. Right. Um, and we then added another new person maybe six months ago, nine months ago, and that has worked out fantastically. So he's now part of the group. But they're a super tight-knit group to the point that they – and I'll wrap this up because I know I'm rambling. But to the point that they bought the extra seat at one point just to keep their, their group together, coherent, without you know somebody, somebody new – so over the past few months, it's really fallen apart. Three of them are available like every week and three of them are not, okay? And I'm struggling with how do I keep, and I've had to skip weeks and the three guys that are always available, you know, it's really unfortunate for them because they don't get to play, but I can't play with two or even three people. So I'm struggling with how do I handle this and not hurt feelings. Do I say, screw it, this is done, and start a new campaign, but tell these other three guys you can't play in it because you can't commit the time? Or do you know what I mean? Where I'm going? It's I know like exactly where you're going. So that's and, that was kind of the impetus for this whole topic. And I'd love to hear your opinion and chat's opinion on how to handle a specific well, problem like that, which is def it's 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 a fucking scheduling issue. Well, I think I think both uh, Dorito Bison and Three Miles have good points. Um, Dorito's point in regards to uh, yeah, Gary, we've tried that and it, it's too unwieldy, especially remote, and and they they feel like it's a chore. And quite frankly, I don't want to run those characters because I got enough going on, and I don't want them to feel like they have to do that to keep the story going. On this point, there's a difference between seasonality and holiday schedules. That's the challenge we run into because as soon as you get out of the holiday schedule loop and to the point about it being winter for a lot of places where you're locked in, locked down, it's mm -hmm. eight feet of snow. There's no place to go, nothing to do. 
winter presents a great opportunity to play some games, right? Oh my God, in Chicago, like I said, from January 2nd through like end of April, wide open. Yeah. So I think seasonality and holiday schedules are always going to be kind of like juxtaposed off of each other because holidays you prioritize at the family level versus everything else. So you're always going to prioritize family. Um, Yeah, like I said, I don't fault anybody for it. I just, I'm struggling with how to accommodate my three players who are literally available every week and yet not make the other three feel like I'm done with you because you can't commit and you can't play in my new campaign. And and that's the hard thing to be self-reflective about about your own skills versus mm-hmm. the player's skills, right? Because one of the things that Three Mile brings up, I the majority of my successes have been with stranger tables. You know, people who are mm-hmm. complete strangers coming into the game, and really once they're in that collaborative reliance on each other, they feel guilty missing a session. Well, and this, this, and this this whole group, except for two of the guys who are brothers, this whole group were strangers when we started. And for a long time, I mean, two years is a pretty good run for a group of strangers that met, you know, uh, to start something up. But what if they improve? Exactly. I don't want to. What if they're improving at the same time, right? What if. What if suddenly they're committing well? What if suddenly they're doing the things like like they, they genuinely are practicing an empathic approach to the fact that, oh, fuck, I fucked up and all the other players probably hate me, but I want to give it another go. As long as you support that energy and support the idea of giving them another chance, I think you've got to have that contract. You've got to, got to pull that player aside to uh, Barry's point about talking to your players. Yeah, and I think you I got to overcome that, that. And, you know, and you got to go to that player yeah. one-on-one and say, look, if you want to keep playing, tell me. If you don't, tell me. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You're not hurting anyone's feelings. In fact, I feel like I'm limiting your private life because you don't feel like you can resolve this. Mm-hmm. And if you have that open throughput conversation with someone, it will resolve. It will. It has to resolve. Yeah, and I think, and I think I've come to the realization that I need to do that now. Um, but uh, yeah, and and that's the thing. They they do have legit reasons. It's not just oh, I don't fucking feel like it. I mean, I know for a fact it's it's family and it's work. So mm. I can't fault them for that. I have a player in two of my games. He gave me a heads up two weeks ahead of time. Uh-huh. Um, about his Jewish holiday schedule. Mm-hmm. And I created a whole little side arc for him so that while he was gone, yeah, he was off doing something that will that will get summarized later on. Yeah, yeah. And it'll still fit into what the Worlds Apart team is doing. Because we were very transparent about the conversation and the expectations and the constant communication back and forth, there were no surprises. Everyone knew it was coming. We all you know, supportive of him wanting to take the holidays off and be with his family. And he'll be and, back in a couple weeks. And 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 I was doing that for a long time. I was I was because to me, uh coherent Ooh, Dorito, that's that's a reference. really good point. That's a good reference. Yeah, it really that's a good is, reference. Yeah. 
But I was doing that for a long time, Jace, um, of like side arcs or writing people out just for the sake of, of consistency of the story. Mm. Um, because I, I can't stand just saying, oh, so-and-so is not here tonight, so his character just isn't going to play. Mm. And it's gotten to that point because it's become so prevalent that I that I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, so and so's not here, his character's not here. You know, we'll still level him up, but we're not going to play him. And and I just I hate doing that because it 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 to me it lessens the impact of the storytelling. So that's kind of well, where. And I, and I get that because when it becomes a consistent challenge that you're spending a lot of time mediating that challenge uh, Gary, absolutely that's not an excuse just because you have to go to Ukraine and stop a reactor from melting down what the fuck kind of excuse is that <laughs> a little subtext on that one huh yeah um, can, yeah oops I did I, it again I, I blew your cover Gary I'm sorry <laughs> you can stop I having think, the FBI um, call me for background checks I think um, I think uh, when it comes to that particular challenge it also can present opportunities of practicing <laughs> this, of practicing the skill of simply telling someone, "Take your break, do what you got to do, and let's revisit this when you're ready to revisit it." Yeah, yeah, and, and keep it simple. <laughs> can you plug a laptop? <laughs> in the power? Yeah, Mister Fusion, didn't you see Back to the Future? <laughs> um. Okay, but why this, this transcends what? us, but what but this transcends us into the next topic, right? Because you kind of touched on it. Um, keeping it consistent, right? Because yes. the challenge you have I was just gonna say that, start yeah. running through Barry's notes again. Yeah. Well, Go you ahead. know, and you bring up a really good point. Can you maintain immersion? Can you maintain consistency? Um, can you maintain the cadence of the game with someone who's showing up once every six weeks? Mm-hmm. I don't think no. you can. No, yeah, you can't. Can. And that honest assessment of that challenge should be, let's talk about why this isn't going to work. And make sure that you understand that we're not upset because it doesn't work. We're mm-hmm. just wanting to protect the game from a standpoint that we have other players that want to yeah. move on. They want to move yeah. on. And in order to support that, mm-hmm. we got to remain immersive and we got to remain consistent. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I think I finally, and that's that's why I wanted to talk about this uh, mm. on the show because I think I finally come to that point where it's like, okay, we're gonna have to do something about this. But I could see a couple of them. I could see two out of the three who cannot make it anymore saying, "Well, I still do want to play. So if you start a new campaign, can I be involved on a limited basis?" And then I'm just I'm running through the scenarios in my head, and I'm kind of like, "Well, you haven't been able to commit." Uh, see, once again, that touches on the third point, the flexibility. Yes. And, you know, between online play, one shots, and you know what? Barry is so good at research. The West Marches is such a great way of practicing the idea of people just come and go at will. You know, it's like this open sandbox world of play Mm -hmm. where every time you get together, if it's a new person, so be it. It's a new person. You know, and maybe you okay, play but with does those that, and I'm not familiar with West Marches, but does that? I'm I'm okay with a sandbox type environment, but if you're if you're literally in the middle of a an encounter, mm-hmm. and you've got to end for the night, 
and that person's not there the next week. Well, I mean, no matter what, that skill set's going to be applicable to any game you play. I think what yeah. West Marches allows you to do is that the, the, the party dynamic of people missing party-based consistencies, mm -hmm. that's a lot easier to resolve. If you're yes, yeah, like yeah. if you're running a one two three part encounter, you may want to talk to me a little bit separately about how you shouldn't be running nine hours of encounters. I mean that's yeah that's a little heavy. Um, you know maybe if you have fifteen minutes left in the session, you tell everyone, hey, let's stop now, and when we meet next week, we'll start the encounter. You know, there's a lot of little tools you can practice to uh, to like mitigate that probability. Right, those are the things that DMs have to learn over a period of time, both through regular play and adaptation modeling and all that stuff. Yeah. To make sure that you know they're beginning to control some of the end game aspects of a session to mitigate the potential of someone missing. So it's a lot easier to you know transition into a session if one or two people are missing. And at some point, if you have enough people missing, you just simply say, okay, there's too many people missing. We're too deep in the arc. Uh, let's all just plan on taking this as our break and coming back the following week ready to go. Yeah. You know? and, now, and if, that's an no invitation, if that's an invitation for three of those players to go, ah, well, fuck this. This is like the third time I'm out of here. That's a yeah, different well, conversation, right? I mean, it is. It is. And, and this is a very different and, – and and this this goes beyond like one guy missing for a week and then a different guy missing. Or one weeks. person. And, or That's what I mean. One person. Yeah. I'm sorry. One person. <laughs> I, I haven't done my DE&I training yet. Uh, this week, so forgive me. One person. If one, oh, let's just go this way. If one girl misses one week, okay, <laughs> and then somebody misses like three weeks later, I have no yeah. problem with that. That I, I can handle, you know, from a continuity standpoint and say, well, this person, you know, little side arc or there's a reason they're not there. But yeah, with this particular campaign, it's gotten to the point where I'm ready to just say, you know what, I think we're done. Um, and I'm going to take these three players that are always available and I'm going to start a new campaign. I'm going to find some new people. If you if the uh, if you other three want to come in when you can, then you can come in as like an NPC or you know uh, a Feywild sprite who pops in and out or or whatnot. So I, I think I'm answering my so own in question. But in, well, in this campaign that you're talking about, how many mm -hmm. people regularly show up? So three, I have six people. Right? Three. Okay. Always show up unless one guy is – he works also for the government and sometimes – if unless he's – for instance, like he was just in Korea, okay? Right. Obviously, I'm not going to expect him to play even though he did fucking play <laughs> one of the sessions from South Korea. Right. Um, but that aside, when he's traveling because it's not often, those three are basically available every single week. The other three, one of them um, who was one of my – like star players um uh is he has played once in the past nine months and then the other two are very much like week to week yes no yes no yes no and again i'm not i don't fault anybody shit i would shit not goes on family life that's totally fine i just feel bad because the three guys that always are available i gotta keep saying uh we can't play this week and they're like oh fuck I would say let them finish. 
Exactly, Andrew. Yeah, especially when it's a paid game, I'm there to service them. Okay, um, so that becomes yeah, that throws another wrench in the works. If this is an unpaid game with with you know friends or whatever, then it's easy to you know it's a little bit easier to deal with it、um, and call people out on it. But、uh, yeah, that, I would that, say that, I would say allowing the three players. I, I typically get consent from the other players that are regularly missing to allow me to use their characters as narrative player characters, and I use them in a very agnostic way to protect the integrity of the immersion. But I feel like your three players have earned the right to finish the campaign. Gary, yeah, that, should, that one, I yeah. I wouldn't take the avenue of martyrdom and just say, okay, let's just start something else because you three are always here. I would say give them the immersion, give them the amazing feeling of the opportunity to finish the campaign, and for all yeah, you know, it could end up it could end up being difficult. It could not, but yeah, but here's where I have they, to put on my here's where I have to put on my paid game hat and say I can't run a game for three people and take up an entire weeknight. I do. I that's that's I, great. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm serious. That's great. I, you know, for me, it's 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 a commitment, and and I don't think that. Well, and I get it because when it's a a far enough along campaign, filling those seats can be really hard because anyone that you're going to grab may not feel very invested because there's been so much that's gone by. They're never、yeah. going to feel like they can. And, and I don't. I don't think, to be honest, if I were to guess, I don't think it's about finishing this campaign with them. I think,、uh, I think it's just about continuing to play with me as DM. So if I told them, you know, look, we're restructuring, we're going to start something new, I don't think they would、where's、have any my, problem with that. Where's my narcissistic alert、um, thing I use when you say shit like that? Where did I? Where did I?、Um, um, where did I put that button? I mean, they told me you're the best DM ever, way better than that TTRPG guy, and we just want to keep playing with you, <laughs> even if we play shoots and ladders. So you know, no, I know I mean, you're yeah, lying. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, seriously, I I don't think,、um, in all seriousness, I don't think with them that it is a matter of we want to finish this campaign.、Um, I think it's just wanting to continue playing every week. I would at least offer the opportunity to do a short narrative. Of the time gap, let them level up, get them to that final encounter, and have fun with a final encounter. Like make the conclusion of the effort fun for those that have given you the regular process of showing up, so that they can at least have the sense of conclusion, and then you can immediately reboot a new campaign and fill those seats. That's actually not a bad idea. Basically, just like you would. Well, Gary said that. Yeah. Shorten the offering. I've done that on four campaigns, and it, it's fun.、Yeah. It's a good way for me to conclude what's in my mind for something that I've built.、Um, yeah, it allows consensus with the team. It feels like there's a finish line that everyone got to. You have a fun little day of a really fun encounter of like upper tier skill sets、mm-hmm. that maybe they've never touched before. And at the end, you're like, okay, great. Let's go ahead and over the next couple weeks, let's talk about the new game we want to play. 
Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I haven't thought about that. Okay, I want to I want to get off the topic of my particular situation and just go back to in general how does a dm deal with scheduling and what are some tricks and tips and and like you said you know the sandbox model or um you know having somebody just jump in as kind of like a, a an npc guest like is done on on critical role stuff like that i think those are all really good ideas i think if you're fortunate enough um <laughs> tpk uh, build it around engines. I love that. Um, I like that idea best so far, actually. <laughs> well, and to a certain degree, plug and play is a really good way of looking at this, right? Because the flexibility aspect, right? You may you may have a lot more fun running a monthly one shot to keep the group together. Yeah. And have a lot of fun with that. And maybe as everybody's schedules settle down the following year. You could try a, a short campaign. And what I've been learning um, since we're on the flexibility standpoint, I think I've learned that a campaign can be too long. It, it, it's possible, yeah, depending I, on the I, table that you have, you may come to the realization, oh, shit, a long campaign with this group might not work. I love um, that. I've always loved that uh, that option. You know, you're yeah, part of a guild, yeah. and once a month we meet to play a one shot, and there's a whole immersive experience behind. That's a great that idea. Even it doesn't even have to be a one shot. It could be. Can you commit to yeah. four sessions? You know, and yeah, we'll do that. Absolutely. I like that. I like that a lot. And um, I think this plays into the challenge we have with a lot of long term campaigns being published in the social media space, right? Yeah. If you're a newer player and a newer DM and you're being, you know, you're being overwhelmed and self-absorbed in all these games that have been running for like two, three, four, and five years, you may have a notion of, okay, that's how all the games should be. You know what? You just, you, I just got a little spark in the furnace. It's just, uh -oh. <laughs> I didn't know that much depth of cold could spark anything. <laughs> Um, it's interesting because it seems like everything is either, to your point, a very long campaign or book of one shots. Mm -hmm. What if it was the idea where this, everybody's in this world, whether it's Forgotten Realms or Tal'Dorei or, you know, whatever. And, you know, to Andrew's point, a little bit of the guild stuff going on where it's like not doesn't have to be one shots but it could be a one shot or a two session or three or four session story mm -hmm. arcs that all affect the world and that different people can jump in that way on these different arcs and it's interesting you mentioned that because on friday nights uh one of the dms on the discord runs driving rain and he's been running this for well over two years now it's kind of like um, the game D&D, the 40-year ongoing... Yeah. yeah. He's literally been running the same campaign now for two years. None of them are the original players. Yeah. If you show up, you play. If you don't show up, you don't play. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. So just that gives you that flexibility. So it's almost like it's it's kind of like I'm getting uh, the analogy of like the Marvel MCU going on. You know, you've got this universe and you've got all the key players and they all appear in their own little stories. Sometimes there's crossover and whatnot, but it all affects what's it going on. It may be the one part of the MMO framework that works within the D&D yeah. anthology of play, right? Yeah. It's like if you're a newer DM and a newer player and you're worried about finding a game to be in and you're overwhelmed by the idea of, um, you know... Uh, Thank you, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it really is because <laughs> if you're overwhelmed with the idea that you feel like you can't commit to a long campaign, then you're yeah. not even going to try. Yeah, I I may Good I point. may explore that. That is that sounds like a really cool idea to to bridge the gap between two year campaign and one night one shot. Um, well, the anthology I started for the summer. Mm -hmm. uh, Adventures in Rexentrum and Adventures in Nicodranus are were meant to be summer summer campaigns. Yeah, um, they were twelve sessions. Yeah, and then they wrapped up. Um, the Nicodranus one uh, will wrap up next Wednesday. The Friday night wrapped up a week ago. They were so in love with their group. Only one person dropped because he wants to go run his own campaign. He was like, Jason, yeah. this was so inspiring. I'm going to go run my own campaign if you don't mind. And I'm like, no, you go do you. Go do you. I'm glad that inspired well, you to do that. You and know? that's the beauty but of it. The remaining, the remaining seats were like, okay, when's the next campaign? What are we doing? And because and it that's did the, so yeah. well with the short-term campaign, yeah. I'm okay with a one-year campaign. You know, being yeah. propagated. And that's and I think that's the beauty of it. And even during a one year campaign, you know, if people can't make it, you just slot out and do another, you know, one to three uh episode, if you will. That still yeah. but everything still affects the overall storyline. You know, another interesting dynamic that that could add, um and I don't actually know as a DM how that it would affect things, but everybody's always the same level more or less another interesting yeah. dynamic that that could add is all of a sudden you've got a group that maybe has eight nine tenth level characters couple fourth level characters and maybe a first or second level character that could be really could freaking be interesting. interesting and you could also arrange it so that the milestones they hit will mean more to the lower level folks yeah versus the upper tiers right so if you're yeah. fourth level and everyone else is eighth level a milestone for them could be two two levels Exactly. Right. And then one exactly. level for the other. So it could, yeah. it, it will, you'll gradually pick up pace. Yeah. Okay. I like this. Uh, dibs, copyright TM. I'm going to work on this. <laughs> Nobody else can have this idea. It is all mine. <laughs> we have solved. We've, okay. We can move on to the next topic. We solved this one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I do want to talk about, um, yeah. And I think that's the reason why he was picked to run the um, Age of Arcanum campaign, because yeah. the Age of Arcanum campaign was designed to be short. And yeah. I think what they were trying to show everybody is that don't build a 155 session campaign. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
it's okay to experiment with the shorter cadences, you know? Yeah, and again, um, I'll, I'll go I'll go back to the MCU or the Star Wars, the new Star Wars universe model, you know? It's like you got to, you know, if, if Obi-Wan comes out and it's eight episodes and it's done, but it still, you know, falls so I'm gonna under go the... Back, I'm going to go back to the keep it consistent bracket that Barry Bot wrote. Okay. She knows, like, there's a bullet here that I think is very important when you start organizing around the challenges of meeting. Um, know your minimum number of players to work with as, as a storyteller, as a DM based on your junior moderate to senior level of understanding the game. Mm-hmm. It is on us to know what that is. Of course. If seven is overwhelming, then don't do seven. If yeah. five feels good, shoot for five. If you enjoy yeah. doing four, then do four. It's, it's all manageable. Yeah. But if you're running a game with a number of players that you feel like are not manageable for you, it's not going to be fun. It's going to feel like work. That's going to bleed out into how people are interpreting your energy and the mm-hmm. energy you're putting in. And suddenly three of the six people stop showing up. Yeah. You know, well, that's so uh, like, okay. So, well, here's the question. Uh, the minimum that I feel comfortable with is. Oh, see, I was going to say, I was going to say, if I know from the start, I can run something with three people. I don't necessarily. Oh, well, want yeah, yeah. I would say I don't, I don't necessarily running five, but yeah, if I five, if I only five. had three or four to start with, yeah, I'm fine with that. I get your yeah. point. Yeah, I yeah. think four to six is ideal. Is is the sweet spot? I think five yeah. is ideal. Three, yeah. I can do. Two would have to be a really like curated story, but I wouldn't do that for a paid game. I'd have to think about three for a paid game for obvious reasons. Well, yeah, S- seven. Equity. Seven is starting to seven is starting to get unwieldy and above that for anything other than a one shot is it's just like combat rounds are too fucking long. People get bored. Mm. I don't necessarily have a break even point, Gary. I'm not losing money. I'm still playing D and D. Yeah. So it's not like I'm losing money. It's just how do I feel that night and what is my you know, how how committed am I in for setup and all the pre-work and prep work and, you know, and, and stuff like that. Um, and a note onto that, I'm very fortunate that I have a dedicated space. That's huge. Right. So huge. because I have a dedicated space for me to work within, that would completely change. There's a lot more flexibility for me. So that might be something yeah. I would add to the, um, the idea of running the game, if you ever feel like you can create a dedicated space, there is an advantage there. Oh, if it's your only income, I would say, depending five. on charging for a seat, five. Yeah. yeah five. But you're right. Uh, the fact that I have to break down and set up every time I have and to And I don't play, have to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's huge, 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 huge. Um. I don't collect on on cancellations or no shows. It's just again, we're playing a game, and I do yeah. know that there's you know. Although I've never, I've never really had. I've never. I've really actually, had, I've had a player one time pay 
Because she felt bad she couldn't show up. I was just going to say, if, if yeah. one of my players pays or can't show up last minute, uh, they'll, they'll, it's never been an issue. They usually say, I'm going to pay anybody anyway, keep it, you know, whatever. Um, and those are the players that you begin to realize um, deserve that little one-on-one -on -one time to help yes. them, yeah. you know, keep pace. Yeah, because totally. they're very empathetic towards the concern of the holistic nature of the group and the yep. integrity of the group. I mean, I've been um, really lucky. My this group that I'm talking about, we've had a fantastic time, and everybody, even though they were all strangers, everybody gelled really, really quickly and plays really well together. And I and that's you know that's one of the reasons why I've been tr struggling trying to figure out how to deal with this specific um, yeah. situation. Um, and again, I I'm, not, been... I'm not I'm not sour over it. I mean, shit happens. You know, life happens. Um, I'm just trying to look out. <laughs> Twisted <duo. laughs> Fuck you, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> you want to play? Oh, no, Barry's here. Okay, Barry's oh, here. Barry okay, so That's anyway. Um, uh, bullet point number five, uh, paragraph three, <laughs> subsection 2.1. Um, clearly states... That if a group is an asshole group, you uh, diminish that group. And <laughs> thank God. <laughs> oh, Barry Bot. So far, we have talked about um, snow tires, and uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we have actually. We <laughs> what they do? <laughs> what they do? What you do, man? <laughs> no, we've actually been on topic. Your notes have been fantastic, but I'm mm -hmm. glad you could join us in chat. Absolutely. Yeah, the adults. Yeah. I'm not going to touch that one. Um, I have this image in my mind of two of us with walkers. And like in between the two of us is Barry Bot with one arm in between each of our arms, like <laughs> making sure we get to mealtime. You know, just like, <laughs> dude, you're not off. that fucking old, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, who said the other day it was it was last show or I don't know somebody said Bingo Nights. Oh, Andrew, I think that was you. Bingo yeah, Nights going to be replaced with D and D D and D yeah. night. Um, I, I could see us doing that. In the oh future, my God, totally. Right? That'd be so much fun. Um, to the earlier question about the minimum size of a group, that sweet spot, I think if you want to know your minimum number of players, you know, and you want to, and you want to be able to feel like you can help everyone contribute and help everyone really get immersed into the game, five is always going to be the sweet spot. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> Carry your Dyson pill caddies. <laughs> That's so inappropriate. <laughs> Holy shit! That's another idea for a for a merch item. A fucking dice tray pill caddy, like Monday. D20. On Monday, I use this D twenty. Yeah. On Tuesday, I um, use this D eight. No, but I really, I really like. <laughs> swallow the wrong one. Especially not a D four. Holy shit. Um, no, I really like the idea though of of kind of the combination of the sandbox and the ongoing. The West campaign. Marches thing has me rethinking a lot of my old school creativity that I used to dabble with. Yeah, um, I, I, I really think, 
I really think a couple of my next games that are going to reboot are going to be West Marches. It's going to be just this open world that people just get to play in. You know, just there's not going to be an arc. There's not going to be any sense of like, you know, fatality and like, well, you know. I, okay, that's a good point. Why, why can't there still be an arc? The arc it doesn't, necess- just, it doesn't necessarily have to be like uh, like no. So my okay, approach this- to the my approach to the West Marches is that their their complicity to the world, the way that they are being explicit to it and and, and walking through that world, they may actually develop the arc themselves through interaction with the different communities and the different political factions mm-hmm. and the different kingdoms that exist who's to say their choices eventually turn into an arc uh, totally i love that i still think that there could be i'm gonna have to look into west marches um more because i'm not familiar and, with and in her notes she put the um uh the cannibal halfling gaming.com which okay. i love that website it's so much um, fun <clears throat> But I think there could still be this ongoing arc. Now, whether a particular group decides to pursue that arc doesn't mean that it can't be going on at a higher level affecting well, what's going on in the world. A clarification to the arc reference. It doesn't have to be the main arc. It could just be a arc. And let's say as they're in the open world sandbox and they decide to do something else other than pursue that arc. Yeah. Let that arc play out. And oh, sure. Suddenly yeah. there's an entire yeah. kingdom on fire because yeah. it didn't. Okay, I, I, I take your meaning. Well, that's yeah. like that, that's like that side arc that I've talked about, mm-hmm. where it basically created an entire chapter of my homebrew from this side arc of the dragons campaign because somebody couldn't show up, and that was and that was still back in the day where I was like, okay, I've got to maintain the consistency of the story, so you know. Um, you guys go do this. And like I said, I got this awesome chapter and cast of characters for my homebrew from that completely improvised side arc um, in an ongoing campaign. Well, I mean, it was fantastic. um, I would say my Age of Empires group on Saturday, we've been running for almost a year and a half at this point, probably close to a year and eight months. Um, We had one particular time uh that one of the players just couldn't come in it was near the beginning of the campaign during the first five or six sessions i was like well this is a good opportunity to have a little side arc with the four players that rolled in because it allows the immersion to remain consistent Uh and with the fact that they missed it will not mean that they missed too much yeah and the four players that showed up it's going to feel very it's going to feel very special to them because they realized that they made the choice to take on that opportunity and what they got out of it was their own choice of making to get out of that opportunity you know that um oh thank you gary uh there's a link for uh for west yeah that's one of them the other one um is uh cannibalhalflinggaming.com Oh, ah, okay. Um, that's another one. In fact, I'm going to put berries in there as well. So you bring up an interesting point. Uh, you know, the discussion so far, we've focused on how does a DM deal with scheduling issues. But pursuant to what we were talking about with the players, especially, you know, in a two-year campaign, obviously 
you're not going to be able to say, can you commit every week, you know? Right. Um, but if it's a three, you know, in this, in this kind of MCU approach that we're talking about, um, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, at, it, it is too much to expect to approach four or five players and say, okay, can you commit to three or four weeks without mm -hmm. fail so that we can right. finish this little story? Well, I mean, I'll say at my pay to play table, and then I want to talk about what uh, Dorito said about the, how do you reward the, the players that show up for the side arc versus the one that doesn't right so there's oh i missed that that's what yeah that there's a was? Oh, yeah, okay. there, there's a conversation to be had around that that's a really good it's a good point it is a good point and that um, especially that can especially be valuable in uh andrew in that kind of um uh, adventurers guild setup if if this model that we're talking about is you know that your character can appear in different arcs different groups and whatnot and what you get equipment wise or xp wise in one group will transfer over to another group then then that has more um you know that has more valuable value to that player so like um the where were we um <laughs> or that <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair i would say the that's a good idea. Yeah, that that one I'm that one I'm approaching more often than not. Like mm -hmm. I like the idea. So there's two things here. Like when I meet with my zero session of pay to play players, um, I'm the very first thing I do is I establish the relationship of the ticket, the seat, and that expectation. That's the very first thing I do because I want to give them an out. If they mm -hmm. didn't fully understand that's what that meant, mm -hmm. I want them to have a safe way of saying, I didn't understand that. I can't commit to that. Mm -hmm. You know, thank you for taking the time to establish and reminding me that, you know, this is going to be every session and I should be aware that it's a commitment. Now, with that in mind, um, my pay-to-play tables are almost 98% when they show up. It's like those tables are almost always full. They almost always pre-register, pre-pay. And at the last minute, if they can't make it, I'll move their ticket to the next session. So it's not a big deal. Yeah, I do um, the same. But there's a point at which it becomes, for me at least, there's a point at which it becomes actually less about being paid for that seat and more about the continuity of the story and disrupting mm -hmm. it for other players which goes back to barry's point in the notes keep it consistent right yeah. if you can't yeah. maintain consistency within the idea of immersion and present a consistent adventure and world for everyone to have that and here's the thing all of this revolves around the most important aspect of the game have fun right if you're not having fun you need to feel like it's okay to say then don't play, right? Yeah. If you're not having fun, don't play. Oh, it's yeah. okay. You it's know? Never, it should never be like a chore. It's just, like I said, for me, the, the crux of the issue is for the players that are available and want to play, it's disrupting for them when when the other when other players can't, yes. the game can't happen. That's, that's my that's the basic problem that I have with scheduling. 
And here's the two things I'll say to that, because that's when you come back to the point up at the find the right group. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, talk to your players. It's a hard skill, yeah. but it's a skill yeah. you got to learn. And at the same time, um, online play makes it very hard to make up excuses because if you're traveling, right, and you know you're going to have downtime during your travels. Online play is not that difficult. I told you, one of my, one of the guys called in. He did join a session from South Korea. It was like 9 in the morning when he played. Yeah. And another one of my players, another one who, who is one who is literally available every week, fucking called in from his hospital bed when he was in the hospital once. <laughs> Shit you not. So well, I've got a player in Greenlands that he went to a wedding. But he knew he was going to have some downtime, and he uh-huh. made the time. Yeah. He connected to the hotel Wi-Fi, and he had an experience. He played. Yeah. And, and and people do that because they're having fun. They do that because it's it, it's important to them because the people that they've met and the people that they've bonded with have become important to them. Yeah. And they don't and, – and once again, empathetic, right? They, they're feeling empathy. And they don't want the other players to suffer that absence. Yep. And they personally don't want to suffer that absence. And, and and it, you know, to me, that's the some of the greatest affirmation I could ever ask of anyone to give me. You you went on a three or four day vacation. You recognized you had a three hour window to play. You set mm-hmm. that time aside because how important it was to you to do that. Yeah. To me, that's all the affirmation I need. My ticket to play, that that ticket price to play, allows me to maintain the studio. That's all that does. Yeah. You know, that allows me to maintain a dedicated space to offer up this amazing immersive experience. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point, too. I mean, even just texting it, I do this, I do this, roll my dice. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we, every now and then when a player in Discord is having a major tech issue, mm-hmm. they open up their phone, they go into Discord, and they're like... You know, they're okay. I'm listening, but you're cutting in and out. But if this happens, do this, you know. And they're like, Yeah, you know, they're, they're invested. Yeah, yeah, they're invested. And I think <clears throat> that, you know, to me, that's the ultimate goal that we're trying to get to is that we're creating this immersive space. We're keeping in mind that we should be knowledgeable of the group that we're assembling and what that group means, whether it's family, friends, or strangers. What are we doing for consistency? You know, we should know our own limitations, right? Mm -hmm. Should I be aware of my limitations? Online play and with the idea of open sandbox and one shots, there are a lot of unique opportunities that we can take to still say okay every three weeks we play every two weeks we play you know oh we're gonna play for three weeks and then we're gonna take two weeks off Mm -hmm. yeah you know those things that are presented to the table that in that fashion in a collaborative space everybody's gonna be like oh well this is empathetic there's emotion attached to it i'm having fun um okay cool let's do that or okay yeah no let's not do that so it begins to make sense it really does yeah so basically you know to sum up it comes down to uh to come uh communication set x and expectations and it's the only skill we don't 
practice that well anymore, which is yeah. a whole other subject matter. But it, we've gotten seven minutes over, so I feel yes. like we should definitely wrap it up. All right. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining yes. in chat. That was really helpful. Thank you, BarryBot, even though you couldn't be here tonight, um, for writing up the notes. It, it gave us something to talk about, so we didn't go completely off the rails. Um, no, wait, what is what did Andrew say on that? Do you think it's easier to get people to commit and stay committed on web-based adventures? That's an interesting question. It's It's a lot easier to commit to remote but I think there's a lot more impetus to not miss in person. I would say my response to that would be a little bit different. It's super convenient to miss in person because your reasons become more relevant to your own personal needs. When you're playing an online remote game, your ability to come up with those reasons become heavily mitigated. It's a lot harder to say, you know, well, this or that or the other. You know, your your transparency becomes less relevant because yeah. a remote game, you don't have to drive. Yeah. You know, you turn on your PC, have your pajamas on, and have the experience. So yeah. there's That's a lot true. around that. that. That could be a subject matter upon itself. Yes, it could be. <laughs> Um, all right. Awesome. Well, anyway, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap on a good note or a high note. Hang out for the after video. If you haven't seen it yet, we're going to show you the RPG and co, um, intro video that we use. It's absolutely balls. Amazing. So if you're ever interested in hitting up RPG and co about their graphic design work, their branding work, and anything you might need for anything you have as a side project or a professional project, it's fucking dope. It, oh, you, you know what, Dorito? You you win. You pass. You pass the test. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that very, very much. Um, Brian, where can we find you? Uh, RPG and Co. Uh, Instagram is the, the easiest place to find me, but check out my link tree, rpgandco.com. Um, website is playrpgandco.com. Um, yeah, any reach out. I'm always, I always love to just chat and shoot the shit um whether you need something um or not just want to just want to chat you could find me over at ttrpg academy in the twitch space i have all my socials there we're on twitter we're on instagram on instagram i like to post pics of all of my campaign uh, uh battle cam scenes to give everyone a little bit of flavor about the um events that i'm running uh we have a dedicated um we have a, a, a dedicated Discord of almost 400 people. Uh, so jump nice. in there. If you ever want to just have a conversation about running the game or the experiences that I've had over the course of 40 years, just all you got to do is reach out to me. Seriously. I've had some of the most amazing two-hour conversations with complete strangers about how to build games, set up games, create online environments and stuff like that. I am more than happy to have a conversation about that. Twitter yeah. is my space where I do a lot of promotion and a lot of, uh, you know, like when I build a map, I like to put it there to show people maps that I'm working on. Um, but, you know, we're out there. We're, we exist. So you can f come find us. Come hang out with us. That'd be awesome. And with that, no deep points because no berry. So be kind, stay safe, and play a game. It's good Thanks for, your for joining. Health. We'll see you all. Bye!